Well, after taking a little bit of time off from the holidays and the new year, it is good to be back uh, on the Down to Earth podcast, where I have very simple down to earth conversations with local church pastors. And I've got a very special guest today. I don't know if you'd believe it or not, but there is another Forrester uh, on the show because <laughs> they're everywhere. Uh, and this is my little brother, Sean. We were roommates for how long? Exactly. Oh gosh. Um maybe like 18 years, 18 close to years. 18. Holy crap. So we shared a room in the Forster home for a very very long time. And Sean, why don't you start us off with what's something you remember, funny memory, a story, anything from our time as roommates? Um one of my favorite memories is we used to there was a stretch where we watched a movie probably like every single night. <laughs> uh, but we had one of those big old box, like tube TVs. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember, there was like a stretch where our TV was like dying. And so like you'd be in the middle of a movie and it would do this like thin white line. Yeah, I think I remember And we that. would have to go up and we would like beat the brakes off of the TV <laughs> to get it to work again. And I just remember one night, we had like a plastic like Louisville slugger bat. And I'm pretty what? sure people were trying to sleep too in our house. And I just remember <laughs> you grabbing the bat and just started hitting the TV. And it finally worked. And I think I think dad might have come in and been like, what are y'all doing? Dude, and it was just like, oh, we're just watching a movie. Like, don't worry about it. That is hilarious. I do not remember that at all. That's a core memory of mine. But that's fantastic. You got to do what you got to do with those big TVs. so listen we were just trying to watch like rookie of the year or like lord of the rings or something like that dude i remember we went on a, a lord of the rings stretch for a long time i feel like oh it hasn't ended i'm still obsessed <laughs> that's unreal well dude it's it's cool to have you on i um i guess i was planning on having you on on a different season i was gonna try to space out i had steve on the first dad on the second and then was yeah. gonna have you on the third but why not uh why not pull you <laughs> in earlier so thank you for taking the time to to do this with me i know you've been probably the biggest fan so far of the podcast so it's good to, to have oh, you yeah. on. <laughs> so. oh yeah glad to be here been a fan since day one well, tell us a little bit about, you know, for those that may not know you as well as I do, um, you know, if someone was to ask, you know, who is Sean, what would be a couple of things you'd say about who you are and, and what you're doing in York? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So a few things about me, a diehard Survivor fan. Uh, oh. My hopes and dream is to be on that show and win the million dollars. <laughs> Um, I like, we just talked about love movies, love watching Lord of the Rings, uh, love to read books, um, diehard Carolina fan, um, which brings a lot of character building, uh, <laughs> even though men's basketball just beat, uh, number six, Kentucky. Dude, let's go. My guy, so <laughs> such good. a good win. Um, but no, yeah, I just love to have fun, love to make people laugh, love to have a good time. Um, but I've been in York, South Carolina for, for about seven months now, uh, the next gen minister here. I was in Columbia, the city of dreams, for for two years previously. <laughs> um, but yeah, just been making it happen here for about seven months. That's awesome. That's awesome. As you've been there for seven months, one of my favorite questions to ask pastors is, "What's something about your church that 
you just love? What's what's something about your church that just brings you a lot of joy when you get to talk about them? Yeah, I'd say here recently, just how much my church loves to serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, here recently, we had um, Palmetto Women's Center. Um, it's an area here helping helping ladies that are um, trying to overcome abortion or find outlets to to not take that route. Um, and they just got a new facility here and our pastor texted probably 15 of us saying, Hey, can, can I get some help moving stuff? This was like the day before. And the next day, every single person he texted showed up, mm-hmm. um, and just served just with pure joy in their hearts. And even the night before, um, I'm up here, uh, for those who don't know, I live in a movie theater and uh it's our church's second campus and we own the building next door my pastor calls me and he's like hey what are you doing i was like oh i'm just chilling upstairs like what you need he goes can you come next door like it's flooded like the next the next door building's flooded and like Dang. dude it was it started out shallow but the further you got in the room it was just like ankle deep just home alone <laughs> it felt like home alone the like the, the wet bandits came in <laughs> and um so he calls me over and we have like this tiny shop back and he starts to suck it up and it does zero damage to it by the time <laughs> it fills up. And so me and him both start dying laughing because what else can you do in that situation? Um, and he goes, here, let me make a few phone calls. And he just called like eight people and every single one of them showed up with like shop vacs, vacuums, giant fans. Like it looked like the Avengers were like walking in <laughs> and coming to take care of business. But um, one thing I love is that they will just drop anything that they're doing just to just to get to serve mm-hmm. and it's so much fun to watch and be a part of dude that's awesome i love that answer because a lot of times um uh, i don't know i guess it's easy for people to make excuses especially like you said with the last the last minute stuff to drop what you're doing to go and to go and help serve uh i think that's great that's a good characteristic you know um of a local church and especially if you're a pastor and you can rely on your church members to yeah. help you and as you said even to help another uh organization uh like you said with the palmetto women's and helping um you know ladies try to avoid making a certain decision but helping them through that process you know not just trying to get them to make a, a choice but to help them through that so that's that's really really cool yeah as you i mean again you've been there for I guess a short amount of time, um, in the grand seven months. Yeah. (laughs) Um, do you feel like there's a certain area, um, that you would like to see more growth or maturity, or I know you do a lot of youth and student ministry. So maybe if you want to answer it, maybe from that perspective, however you want to take it, but, um, as one of your church leaders, is there anything you kind of want to see develop? Yeah. So, at least coming from the student ministry perspective, um, we have a we have a great group of students here, and the Lord's been good, and it's grown um, over the last few months. And um, we have a great inviting culture. Like there's like a group like five who like I feel like they bring a new person each week, mm. um, and so that's great. But one of my biggest things I want to see them do better at is just almost their. Um, literacy when it comes to scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the exact stat and numbers, but the the amount of students who drop away from the church once they go to college um, is like a huge number. 
uh, percentage wise. And so a lot of that is because, you know, they have been preached certain things, um, but they've never really fell in love with the scripture themselves and got to the point where they know what they believe and why they believe that. Mm. And so when they get to college and the real world and everything's just thrown at them, which even now is coming at an earlier time, even in high school, but yeah, um, just literacy, I would love to see them know what they believe in why. And we're getting to a good point where um, they're taking notes, they're asking questions, students are calling me. And so it's happening, but I would love to see, I don't want to say like Bible fatheads, but like <laughs> for the ones who are, who are serious and have made that declaration of faith, I want to see them take to the next level and just absolutely fall in love with scripture so they can yeah. know what they believe and why they believe it. That's good. I am. Um, I'm reminded as you say that um, last night at our church, we had a, a prayer gathering and one of the things we did in the beginning was just, you know, our pastor kind of opened the floor just to let anybody kind of share maybe what the Lord's been teaching them, what God's been convicting them of, how they've uh, been changing lately or just kind of what God's teaching you. And one of the things I brought up was I kind of feel like um, I've kind of lacked in that area myself. And I, I brought up Psalm 1. I read Psalm mm. 1 the other morning and just I don't feel like I've delighted in the scripture. I, I don't know if I could say it's like honey, mm. you know, to my lips or like uh, we looked at Psalm 119, 94 through or no 97 through 104 kind of the same thing about meditating on god's word and that being a delight and the benefits that come from that that we yeah. hate every false way and that oh, we, yeah. are, we are gaining wisdom and all of those things and so it's really really important and so i, I like to hear that from your perspective like that's what you want to see grow because yeah. you're going to be able to see a lot of fruit bear when mm. god's word is being poured into you and you're absolutely meditating on it you know yeah um so that's cool I, I love that and um you know one thing i actually forgot to ask you um but now that we're kind of in the thick of it you know you grew up like myself in a pastor's home and you oh, were yeah. also <laughs> in a youth group from the time that you were you know young and so i guess how would you kind of talk about your experience and, and, you know, coming to repentance and faith in Christ? Like what's kind of your, your testimony? Yeah. So I remember, um, obviously grew up in a, in a preacher's home. Yeah. Um, and Kenny, by the way, yeah, shout out to Kenny. He's the goat for real. <laughs> um, and I remember, um, one day when Simeon was younger, when he got baptized, when he mm -hmm. was little, and I remember seeing that and being like, I want to do that. <laughs> and it's, and don't think this is awesome because it's for the complete wrong reason. Cause I saw <laughs> it and I was like, you're telling me if I go up here and I answer a few questions, my dad will dunk me in front of water in front of the whole church. <laughs> like for some reason, I, young Sean thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and so I remember I did that. And I just went and I just said, I remember talking with Kenny and just saying yes questions. Cause like, Growing up in the church, Kenny did a great job of making sure we did know scripture. And mm -hmm. so I knew the answers, um, but there was no genuine repentance there. Um, and so it wasn't until 2014 um, at a camp called Somersault um, that uh, the camp pastor at the time, he was preaching from uh, he was t uh, Jesus walking on water. And at the time, he came from a perspective that I had never heard, um, but he... 
he pointed out Jesus, obviously Peter took that initial step, but then he pointed out that the rest of the disciples displayed zero faith. They were all in the boat, just cowering, terrified of the situation. And it was in that moment, I, I remember the Lord just revealed himself to me. He revealed my sin and my desperate need for him. Mm. Um, and I was still confused because I didn't know that um, I wasn't saved at a younger age. Mm. Like I still hadn't made that disconnect. Um, yeah. And so it wasn't through conversations with Kenny uh, during that camp where I realized, okay, th- this was this was the first time that this genuine step of repentance has taken place and Mm. man, the Lord is good. I think about that day often. Um, Mm. That is something we've been pushing for in a recent sermon series was you need to remember your day of salvation, the time like your life before and after. And yeah, when I was younger and I just said, yes, all the questions, there was no change. But once middle school happened at Somersault and Lord revealed himself to me, there's been definite change. And yeah, yeah, that's just a quick little, Two minute testimony, if you will. <laughs> well, praise God, obviously, for that. And would you say, um, I guess, like since becoming a Christian and placing your faith in Christ and kind of your journey to becoming a pastor, what what did that kind of look like? What kind of, how do you feel like you were kind of led in that direction? Yeah. So I actually wanted nothing to do with ministry, <laughs> um, not because of, any bad reason. It was just, Hey, that's what my dad did. Um, I was trying to follow in all of my brother's footsteps. I wanted to go into like sports management or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't remember at what point it changed, but I started dabbling with, um, videography and stuff like that. And I was doing a little bit of stuff for, um, the church we grew up in. And, um, I eventually applied to work at Somersault Camp. I got saved at. That was my dream job. Um, I wanted to do all of their media, all of their recordings, all of that. I wanted to be that guy. Um, and so when I got the phone call that they hired me, I was super excited. They said, hey, we know you want to do media, but that's not at all what we have for you. Hmm. Um, and at that time, I was in media ministry at North Greenville. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, we want you to teach. And I was like, well, y'all have never heard me teach. I was like, that's a little weird. You've seen some of my videography work and little things like that. Like, they're like no, we just, we think you you need to teach. I was like, okay. Um, and so uh, Marty Miller, the student pastor at Rocky Creek, uh, he's a legend. Love um, that guy. I miss him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I was doing a lot of work with him. And so as soon as I told him kind of what they're for me, he goes, okay, sweet. You're preaching this Wednesday night to the students. And he just started giving me reps and he just was like, Sean, I think you might, this might be your avenue of student ministry. Maybe one day being a senior pastor. I was like, "Ah, I don't know, Marty. (laughs) Like, I don't know. And then I remember uh, Pastor Travis was there one night and some of the other leaders and they just kept affirming it. And I was like, all right, Lord, if I enjoy this summer of just getting to teach your word and disciple students, uh, when I go back to school, I'll switch my major to student ministry. Um, and man, that summer was like the most fun ministry I've ever had in my life. Um, just getting to teach the word to students every day. I just fell in love with it. Mm. And I've been, I've been doing that ever since. That's awesome. And you were, um, recently you were at another church. Um, I can't remember. Oh, that was in Columbia. You already talked about that. Yeah. So that's perfect. Yeah. We covered that. Um, uh, so that's cool, man. It's awesome to hear that story from, 
you know, wanting to be baptized as a kid <laughs> uh, for comedic reasons, it seems. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then to see how the Lord, yeah, has been faithful and mm. um, matured you and, um, you know, obviously used you uh, to teach his word faithfully to uh, students. So it's awesome mm. to hear. Um, and kind of getting back to the questions a little bit, um, since you've been at your church, has there been any particular belief, you know, maybe a, a doctrinal statement that maybe your church has or a, a theological belief that your church holds that you've been able to see your church put some hands and feet to, you know, is there a, a particular way that, um, because your church believes this, you know, about the Bible or about about Christ, um, this is how that belief gets played out in church life, in your ministry, outreach. How would you kind of? Um, yeah, so our we have we have five core values um, here at at Hillcrest, and it's worship, uh, going, sending, uh, discipleship, and next generation. Um, but the one that I have realized um, just through conversations with pastor and. Um, Every January, we go through our five core values. That's our January series, mm-hmm. um, just to remind the church of, you know, who we are. This is this is what we value. This is what we do here at Hillcrest. Um, and so, worship was number one. And, you know, when we think of worship, the first thing that's going to come to your mind is singing. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a phenomenal thing. And, um, but talking with Pastor, um, he let me preach that sermon um, on that core value and getting to understand their heart of worship being more than a song. Mm -hmm. Um, it was super funny because the passage we get it out of is revelation chapter two. And so like when I go up on the stage, I'm like, all right, guys, we're going through our core values. Number one is worship. Everybody open your Bibles to revelation chapter two, like everybody's eyes. like got big. (laughs) Um, but no, it's, 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 uh, Jesus talking to the the seven churches and he talks to um, first the church of Ephesus and he tells them like, Hey, I see all the good work you're doing. I see um, you're toiling. I, I, I understand it. I see what you're going through. Y'all are doing a great work. You're calling out false teachers for my name's sake. Like you're doing a great work, but he holds one thing against them. And that's that they have forgotten their first love. They've forgotten their, their heart of worship for the gospel. And so seeing that be, a priority. Our pastor, he phrased it this way, that that worship is the foundation of everything we do at Hillcrest. Mm. Because if we're not, it's wrong. If that heart of worship mm. for Christ and his gospel is there, it's wrong. And so seeing um, that be such a heavy conviction for the church, because like I told you, they serve great. You know, they, they, when they, when they get the phone call, they're going to come help. Right. But what, where's their heart at? Are they doing that? And so seeing the I don't know if the gut checks the right words, but there are repeated mm-hmm. gut checks of, "Hey, where's your heart at? Are you doing this for you? Are you doing this just because you have to?" Right. Because um, that's where the church Ephesus was. They were they somehow they slipped into a state of um, almost works based salvation, whether they realized it or not. They're just doing good works for the in the Lord's name, but their heart is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so seeing how heavy that weighs on this church and the seriousness that they take that mm-hmm. is just super cool and seeing them them grow deeper in it because they try to eliminate because it's not something that happens overnight. You don't just lose your heart of worship 
over sleep, you know, it's something that slowly, slowly grows over time. And so seeing them take it very seriously to, to check themselves constantly to make sure that their heart of worship is, is a true heart of worship. Right. And that's, that's one of the, you know, main things you hear Jesus talk about a lot is the emphasis on the heart and our motivation. It's not just, you know, this outward conformity to a set of rules, right? He is after loving the Lord your God with all your heart, yeah, right? with all your soul, with all your uh, you know mind and strength, all those things. And, you know, we can do all of these things for God, but our hearts can be so far from him, you know, depart from me. I never knew you like, mm. or did we not do all these things in your name? You know, yeah. like I, that passage just comes to mind. And so it really is important to know, you know, where, where is our worship being directed? Are we worshiping yeah. ourselves with these good deeds or are we, you know, wanting these good deeds to be seen by others that God, you know, may be glorified and, yeah. and worshiped and, um, so that's awesome. That's that's encouraging mm. that your church takes that seriously because that's a humbling thing and a convicting yeah. one. <laughs> Most Very definitely. convicting. Yeah. Prepared for that sermon was shattering my world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, with it being a new year, you know, we talked earlier. I, I had a little break with the podcast and um, kind of getting back to it in 2024. Everyone's everyone's Kobe year. Come on. Uh, <laughs> What do you feel like, you know, as maybe I'm sure you've reflected on 2023 and um, how, you know, what was one area maybe you felt like God really uh, worked, you know, on you and and sanctified you as it relates to local church ministry? Like Sean, as a pastor, God really showed you blank, you know, maybe how did he do that? Maybe was someone that uh, influenced you and poured into you to kind of... Um, help you, you know, edify you, those kinds of things? How would you kind of reflect on 2023 as from a pastoral perspective? Yeah, I think of, um, I feel like there's so many, um, because this is a, this is a new experience for me, uh, here with this church. Uh, like I said, I was at a church for two years in Columbia, but I was just working as a coordinator. Um, so I worked under a student pastor. This is the first time of me being, you know, the ministry lead. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so one thing that's been, um, convicting and in the process of growing um, in sanctification through conversations with um, James Barnes, who you know, yeah, um, he's a big one. Even Marty Miller, um, Dad, my pastor, um, but um, I'm trying to find the right word to say. It, but the severity of what we're preaching and teaching and how how much I need to be constantly in the word Mm. because if I'm not constantly in the word, what I'm preaching, you know, it may speak truth to somebody, but my heart might not be there. You know, I expect, Oh, I know this passage. I can just, I'll go up there and I'll just say some stuff. But like, no, I got to take my study time very, very seriously. Mm. Um, And so that's something that the Lord has just been growing me. And it's, and it's, you know, I want my students to, fall in love with scripture just because not that I necessarily fell out of it, but like my respect and love for it has grown to a whole new level, mm-hmm. especially now that like, you know, I'm planning our sermon series for students and all the stuff they're getting like, I need to be constantly in the word. And the more I'm digging in and, and mm-hmm. doing, I guess, quote unquote, like hermeneutics, you know, gathering context for everything, getting every answer possible. Like I have just fallen in love with it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not easy, you know, just because, yeah 
working for a church, there's some days where I'm just like, I just don't want to read today, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. but <laughs> there definitely has been a rekindled love of just that daily, daily reading and, and even reading of other books, um, as, um, dad's favorite theologian and pastor Charles Spurgeon says, you know, visit many good books often, but live in the Bible. Right. And that has been true for me because I caught myself, as you know, we're both readers. We love to talk mm-hmm. about what books we're reading. Yeah. Um, I almost found that almost as a replacement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel that. You know, that's just that's not that's not the way. That's rough. <laughs> uh, that's just not it, Chief. That's not, not the it. vibe. It's not the vibe. <laughs> Uh, but just fall in love for scripture for it being God's word really has been mm. a huge one for me, especially last year. Yeah. Well, that's good. And and I didn't throw this question at you beforehand, but just out of curiosity, you know, being in student ministry, I know there's a unique and I, I interned for a church and I did it for a middle school. So I dealt with parents as well a lot. And um there were some parents who were in there every week because they wanted mm. to hear what their children were being taught and there were some that were i never saw them i mean it was a pretty big youth group at that time that summer but um i know i know having someone else's children as your responsibility um during that time when they're sitting under the sound of your voice as you're teaching what impact does that have what is how important is the relationship between a, a youth pastor um and the parents how would you kind of speak to that aspect of student ministry yeah student ministry really is almost just parental ministry (laughs) um because i spend max um like two hours a week on average with students now like there's somewhere i get to have an intentional discipleship relationship with um you know i can't intentionally disciple all of them, but that's why I have right. great leaders with me. Right. Um, go to sporting events. So roughly two to two and a half hours a week I'm spending with with students. Right. And, you know, maybe it should be more, but um compare that to the parents' time they have with students, you know, they it's all week. They're with them all week. Right. And so trying to, you know, communicate with them, give them resources, tell them what I'm talking. Here's questions you can ask hmm. your kids because I'm not their, ultimately, I'm not their primary disciple. That happens in the home. Mm, And so getting that through to the parents. And I haven't had that issue here. There has been, I say issue, but issues other places where I've worked where it's just assumed that the student pastor is going to be the primary discipler. So when their kids act up, it's like, hey, what's, why are they doing this? Right. And it's like, hey, I'm only spending X amount of time with them. They're in your home. They're right across the hallway from you. Like you disciple them, you get after them. So it's, it really is almost parental ministry instead of student ministry. Right. Um, but the relationship <laughs> between student pastors and parents is really important uh, because if that, those relationships aren't there, your your student ministry probably is not going to be super healthy. Mm. That's good. I like that. I know um, that's uh, very accurate. You only are going to spend a couple of hours a week max with those students. And so helping kind of, help the parents along and um, encourage them to, you know, have those conversations with their own children. And like, um, it's not your, your job to, (laughs) you know, be, be the extra parent in their life in a sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, So that's good, man. I I appreciate that. And it's good to hear 
you know, your reflections on that year uh, or on 2023 as now you're starting this whole new year at your new church uh, there in New York. I know they, they've got to be excited to have you. They're blessed <laughs> to have you. Um, I was with you for 17 years, 18 years. Hopefully they can, <laughs> they can put up with you for that long. <laughs> They but, have to uh, suffer well, endure well. Yeah, a lot of Lord of the Rings, a lot of baseball <laughs> bats, apparently. <laughs> but uh, no, man, Sean, I, I appreciate you taking the time. And before we go, I'll give you a little a shameless plug for you have a Come podcast on. yourself, yeah, Sean and Jonah in the morning, dude. I have to say, it is so fun listening to it. Um, <laughs> for those listening here, if you haven't uh heard of Sean and Jonah in the morning, you need to check it out. It's really funny. Um, they have really fun conversations and you almost feel like you're you're with them as they're talking. So tell us a little bit about Sean and Jonah in the morning with the little bit of time we got left. Yeah. So Sean and Jonah in the morning um, started years ago, actually. Um, uh, my buddy Jonah Sims, me and him were roommates at Somersault my last year. And um, we both loved better roommate? Sh- Who was a better roommate? Me or oh, Jonah? gosh. Uh, yeah, def- definitely you. Definitely you. Um. <laughs> And there's a show that me and him both love called Community. And there's this uh, talk show in there called Troy and Abed in the morning. And we always thought it was hilarious. Um, So we we stole it. Um, (laughs) And actually that summer, only one person really caught on and asked us about it. And that was a previous guest of yours. But Trevor Hoffman was like, did y'all steal this from Community? And I was like, oh, no, absolutely we did. (laughs) But we did this thing called Morning Cell. So that's when all the students come in at camp in the morning. And we'd play games, give them updates. But me and Jonah recorded all these Sean and Jonah in the morning clips. So it looked like they were watching a morning show. Then we'd throw it to people on stage. Um, And then after that summer, we had talked about like, hey, what if we did a podcast? And we kind of toyed around with it. And then randomly at some point, probably like August of last year, he called me and he made like some kind of merch for it. And I was like, okay and he's like, are we doing this and i was like i was like i'm game if you are and then it was like well what's the goal like what's our purpose of this show? and we were just like what if it's just us just talking about whatever we want just goofing off having fun yeah and so we we started that i think september uh went strong all the way through december we're hopefully gonna be getting started back here soon but we took a took a break between them between seasons but it's just sure. us goofing off <laughs> y'all may not find it funny we find it hilarious and that's all that matters. <laughs> Dude, I, I think it's great. Um, and it's it's cool too because I listen to it on my way to work in the morning. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's it's great. It fits well. I think it's I think it's awesome. So again, if you haven't checked out Sean and Joan in the morning, are you guys on I know I listen to it on Spotify. I don't know if you're on anything else. Yeah, we're on Spotify, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. I think we're on every Pretty much everything. Jonah handles all that. I only provide my voice <laughs> and he takes care of the rest. Well, cool. No, dude, thanks again. Um, I'm really proud of you and um, I miss you a lot. You know, you're always welcome down here in Jacksonville, of course. Of course. You've, been, you've been here a handful of times, but uh, Summer and I both miss you. We love you and uh, we're super proud of you and thankful for what you're doing. And the work of the ministry is not easy by any stretch. Mm. Uh, especially trying to help guide and mentor students and quite literally the next generation. And um, so we'll be praying for you that you persevere Mm -hmm. and continue to be faithful. And we're going to trust the Lord with the rest.
Absolutely, man. I love and miss y'all too. Can't thank y'all enough. And also just want on record that I have visited y'all the most out of every Forster <laughs> since y'all been in Jacksonville. Just want to put that out there. It's true. <laughs> I can't <laughs> deny it. Uh, actually, for those that don't know, Sean has his own room. We put his picture up in his room, a little portrait. It's we, awesome. Uh, we give him the works when he comes to visit. Treat him like a king, like the dog <laughs> that he is. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, it was really good talking with you. And thanks again for joining the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. Much love. Much love.